Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for KCOU, The Unwritten Rule, a comedic sports show from the heart of Missouri. Alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren, here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Well, 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 I'm not Jack Knowlton, but this is the this is KCOU, The Unwritten Rule. I'm here, Kenny Van Doren, with Peyton Haverman. Another day without Jack. Another week. Oh, wait, no it's March. It's March. No show, Jack. I don't know. I can't hear myself. But uh, what do you know? Jack Knowlton, always doing this, always off on his little adventures. Especially in March. No show, Jack Knowlton. No show, Jack Knowlton. No show, Knowlton. There you go. He's back. He's back. Um, no, he, he, he was calling the women's game in a... Uh, down in Greenville. That's right. They moved it from Nashville for some reason. Um, good on you, Jack. Sorry you had to watch that game. Uh, but yeah, he'll be back soon enough. Oh wait, he won't be here next week either, probably. Yeah, you <laughs> might you might have a show without the two of us next week, Peyton. You might have. I oh, might not be here we as might well. Not have a show in general. Though. We could have a show. We got someone out there saying that they want to come on. We got two people out there saying that they want to co-host with you. Luke Magnancy of Cup of Bro. And fellow J school student Abe Fanning. Hmm. So I'd have to figure out the guest and whatnot. We already have a guest for next week. Oh wait, yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, let's get but into that's it. For next week. Well, let's get into it. Mizzou basketball, Peyton. One game left on the docket. But let's talk about the last two. What did the Tigers look like to you in the last last week? Well, the funny thing about both of these games is that they were both road games against far inferior impo- opponents. And they both had me ready to absolutely lose my mind in the first half. Um, I got to keep in perspective myself, that is. Nobody else does. I do. That these are road games. It is so hard to win on the road in any conference. Uh, The SEC is no different. Uh, No matter who you play, it's going to be a challenge. Um, And I think that showed for Mizzou early um, against both Georgia and LSU. Uh, Georgia... In particular, I mean, they, but that that game, Mizzou overcame the road struggles early uh, with about two minutes left in the first half from there. That game was all theirs. I believe they went on something around a 51 to 18 run. Uh, Georgia is no bueno. They've lost, going into that game, they had lost two, their last two games by a combined 82 or something like that. They had been getting beat down. Their unsustainable three-point shooting wasn't showing up in the second half. Des Moines Hodge happened. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I really thought um, this was from a pure in-game coaching standpoint. It was a game that stood out for me for Dennis Gates because um, early on it became very apparent was what Georgia's goal was uh, on defense, um, and that was to make sure Kobe Brown did not get his. Every time... They would try to get the ball to Kobe in the uh, down in the paint uh, or in the post, anything, anywhere. Georgia threw two guys on him and dared Mizzou to have someone else beat them. Um, and Kobe at halftime told Dennis Gates, I think I need to play less minutes in the second half because I don't think they're going to know what to do. Um, and Dennis Gates, right when Mizzou took a one-point lead, subbed Kobe out, put in Aiden Shaw, and Kobe Brown did not play again until the nine-minute mark in the second half, and by then Mizzou's, Mizzou had put it out of reach. Uh, Georgia had absolutely no idea what to do 
once Kobe was out of the game. Aiden Shaw gave them great minutes off the bench. He forced a guy to take the ugliest three-point shot I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good win for them. You never, ever, ever take uh, winning on the road for granted. Uh, and Mizzou just fl- – I mean, they more than doubled up uh, Georgia in that second half. They flat-out worked them. Totally different game in the second half. 45-21 to 21, if you erase the first quarter, the first half. Just totally different team. You know, like you said, the thing with Kobe, knowing that he probably shouldn't be playing in that game, nothing was really clicking for him. And I think that just really says a lot about Kobe. Kind of a quiet guy, you know, very very reserved. He's but when captain. he's he's a captain, he's the senior, the the one true senior, you know, still with this Missouri team, and he's been around here as long as we have. And you can see he just keeps progressing and progressing into a better player, and definitely going to be a definitely going to re- receive some votes for SEC Player of the Year. No guarantee he's going to win it at all. But slam dunk for all first team. Yeah, and everything's really you know working for him. And this is senior day for him on Saturday. But another interesting game this past week, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday at 8 o'clock against LSU. Um, Payne, tell me a little bit about this this one walk-on at the beginning of the game for the Tigers. Yeah, this, it felt a little foreboding early on. Uh, LSU and Georgia, both of them had their senior days against Mizzou, so they both ran out all senior lineups. It was a little more than ridiculous for LSU because they put in Parker Edwards, who had played one minute all year, uh, who even the broadcast said just looked like he had been dragged there straight from his frat house, and he immediately burned Nick Honor for two threes. Um, that ga- that kind of set the tone for the first half. I mean, Mizzou was absolutely trounced, um, with the exception of one little run that cut it to 13 at the end of the half. It was a genuine miracle. It was that close. Um, and it was kind of just a mirror image of Georgia, except LSU weathered the storm a bit better. I mean, they still, Missouri was not able to take the lead until there was a minute 37 left in this game, and then Mizzou did not lose that lead. Uh, it kind of just, it was another game that kind of showed Mizzou's mental toughness. Dennis Gates has done a great job making sure this team stays confident no matter what happens. They could have easily folded after uh, the Kansas game. They came back, beat UCF, beat Illinois, beat the crap out of Illinois, and Mm -hmm. beat the crap out of Kentucky. Uh, After they fell behind 17 points against Tennessee, could have folded – or sorry, after they blew – Blew the lead, the 17-point lead against Tennessee. Very easily could have had them fall over, say, whatever, we're going to lose this game when Tennessee had worked back to tie it up. But they wound up executing to perfection the two-minute drill, as Dennis Gates called it, uh, and they got their probably their marquee win of the season. It was another one of those games. It's a totally different game in the second half. 47 points for Mizzou, 29 for LSU. And there was just like one play. We were watching the game together. One play where it was a pass from Sean East or Demoy Hodge. Almost hits Kobe in the head. It was from East. From East to Hodge. And then Hodge bangs the three. And it just was like, this game felt like LSU was in the driver's seat until that shot. And then they just, they didn't make their next one. They had another opportunity, didn't make that. And then Mizzou won the game. Yeah, I mean... Mizzou really, I mean, they were just, it felt like they were always just at LSU's heels. They had been able to tie it up, but
but they never were able to take the lead. Um, but that pass from East, I mean, that's another thing. Dennis sticks with his guys uh, sometimes, even when they're not showing enough, just for when they kind of have moments like that. Because East has been... He didn't have his, any scoring threat really throughout that game, but he made some huge passes in this game. Uh, that was, I believe, his third assist on a Hodge three of the game. Uh, and, yeah, East just great court vision, whipped it across, almost hit Kobe in the head. Kobe ducked mm-hmm. down. Uh, Hodge caught it at his feet and just – I can't say enough about how unbelievable Hodge has been this year. Hodge smashed – the uh, single season steals record for Mizzou. Um, it's he's it's like watching an artist at work when he is on the defensive end. Um, I don't think Mizzou is anywhere close to as good as they are without Demoy Hodge. Uh, I just don't think anybody can fill his role uh, quite effectively. And Gabe Darman made a good point about this on Twitter. Mizzou had seven players play more than five minutes in this game, and I'm not sure if you take out any of their contributions that Mizzou wins this game. 23 points, 8 for 16 from the field, and it's feeling like we're back into that that era or that position where, like, okay, Des Moines is going to play in the NBA. You know, he can maybe be an NBA guy, maybe a G League guy. There was a streak there like at the beginning of the season, like, okay, this guy could play professionally. Then it got to the point about can't make threes, you know, he's getting into that rut where just nothing was falling for him, and he's back to being the best pl- some, most, some, some games, the best player on both sides of the ball. I will say this, it, it can be sometimes a little easy to take Hodge out of his game, because he's mostly offensively a catch-and-shoot guy. I mean, when you look back at that George game, he had 18 points. Every single one of them was on a three-pointer. Um, he does have moments where he looks great cutting to the basket, um, but sometimes he's a little too strong on layups. He has no mid-range game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see his shot chart for the season. but And I'm not an NBA talent evaluator, but just how good he is on the defensive end and being as pretty consistent a three-point shooter as any on this team with the exception of the lull in the middle of the year, you'd think he'd be able to at least, at worst, go overseas yeah. and play professionally. Oh, certainly. And, and it just feels like every time you watch him, he's sometimes the smartest guy on the court. Mm-hmm. Like, he's seeing stuff before. Like, I remember watching one game, and he was, like, way off his man. Somebody was in the corner, the three-point specialist is in the corner. He's on the block, but he's not watching the guy in the corner at all. He's waiting for that ball to be thrown. He intercepts it, takes it back. Like, he just he knows what's going to happen a, every single play. It is like watching a visionary um, defender out there. He just knows what to do at all times. Very good hands uh, defensively. Uh, I remember there was a moment in that LSU game where I don't remember. I think it was Adam Miller. Uh, Adam Miller dribbles across half court. Des Moines almost is able to do that thing where he just, once a game he does this, Mm -hmm. he just runs behind a guy and like volleyball bats it out of there and it, it just flies out. He almost did that, but Adam Miller picks it up. Somebody else comes in to start to trap, and Des Moines gets in there to trap, and then Des Moines gets the steal again. I remember distinctly the commentators saw it coming from mm-hmm. a mile away. It was John Sunvold, um, who has called like a million Mizzou games. He was like, oh, Hodge almost had another there, and then right when they got the trap on, he was like, he's going to get one here, and then he swiped it 
and it led to a transition bucket. I think it was Diara. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the year he's had. He's been – Mizzou's defense has really at times, including in this game in the first half, just been absolutely disgustingly bad um, where their zone just turns out to leave shooters wide open. But it's so high-risk, high-reward that when it finally gets going, it real you can see why Dennis Gates kind of lives with the defense being what it is because Demoy Hodge – when he gets in a groove, it's unbelievably valuable. Incredible story, too, for Des Moines, coming over from the British Virgin Islands. He played a little bit of Juco basketball before he went to Cleveland State. Correct me if I'm wrong, right on yes, that. And now he's at an SEC level, and he could be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. It's a great turnaround, great story for him. A- That's a story Jack should get on. I know he's listening right now. Jack, get on that story for us. Um, but we're going to kick into a quick break right now before we get into quick hits. Um, on the other side, it is currently 313 here in Columbia, Missouri. We'll be right back. Play. Play. Welcome back to KCOU on the Roll here in Columbia, Missouri. It's 3.15 local time. It's time for Quick Hits, baby. Oh, everybody's, everybody's favorite, favorite segment. segment. Everybody's mom's favorite segment, too. A lot of moms like it. They're in the, the DMs, the messages with us. Uh, That's but not true. Kick hey, it speaking off. of which, did you tweet the phone number? Yeah, I was going to say that, Peyton. Thank you for getting to it. The phone number for the KCOU The Unwritten Rule is 573. Did you tweet it? 557. Did you tweet? 5134. I did tweet it. Did you tweet it? I did tweet it. Okay, cool. Uh, 573-557-5134 is the text line. Let's get into some quick hits. Jersey of the week. And I got a good one here for you, Peyton. I'll say this Sam Horn, there. cult hero of the Boston Red Sox. Not Sam Horn, the quarterback, uh, four-star quarterback, pitcher who touches 97 on his fastball with run. It's he not that guy. This week. He threw a football this week. Uh, yeah, he's in the news right now. Uh, has a forearm strain, looking okay in the, on the football field, going to be away from baseball for a couple weeks. We'll have someone on Longer next week. That, yeah, maybe over a month or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have him back. We'll have someone on the show next week to talk with you about that. Uh, your jersey of the week, Payne. My jersey of the week is Patrick Kane Rangers. We don't talk about hockey much on this show, but I do love hockey. Uh, big Blackhawks fan. And the Blackhawks have been miserable this year. Uh, this was long overdue, probably. Patrick Kane traded to the New York Rangers after 17 or so years in the Hawks organization. I forget the exact year he was drafted. It's 06 or 07. Um, Yeah, reunites with Artemi Panarin, uh, his old line mate who he had his best season with. Good luck, Patrick. You will be missed. And Jack's jersey of the week. Yep, is uh, he likes stat padding. He likes stat padding. Antoine Davis, Detroit Mercy basketball player, in his fifth year with Detroit Mercy under his father as the coach. We'll get more into that. Yeah, we'll get more into that a little bit later, but um, he didn't break the record for the most points nope. by a single person in NCAA history. Peyton will have that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Into quick hits, um, we actually had someone ask to say the number again. It's 573-557-5134. I was told I say it too fast. So five seven three, five five seven so five fast one. That the person texting needs to know it again. Three four. It's one person said hockey sucks, and so do hockey fans. Is that Zach? No. Who said it? I'm not telling you. All right, oh, off the dock. We're going to the spelling bee this week. Uh, Another slow week. Got Mizzou baseball. 
because I just talked about some Sam Horn and his injury. Right. Uh, we're going to kick it off right here. Um, Peyton, Ty Wilmsmeyer. Oh, Ty Wilmsmeyer. He's been he's been on the team for a few years. Uh, T Y. Correct. W I L M S M Y E R. Nope. M E Y E R. All right, we'll give you that one since Jack isn't here. Um, next one, Rorick Maltred. Oh, he's a starter. Mm-hmm. He's a transfer. Rorick Maltred. He's the Arizona guy, isn't he? I don't think he is. I think the Arizona guy's name is Chandler, but we'll look at that later. Uh, Rorick Maltred is R-O-R-I-K-M-A-L-T-R-U-D. Rorick Maltred. T-R-U-D, yep. yep. Got it. All right, next one, Hank Ziesler. Hank Zeisler. Oh, Zeisler. From, yeah, from UNLV. He slugged 693 last year. Uh, H-A-N-K, obviously. And then it's Z... Is it I-E or E-I? I'm going to say it's E-I. Uh, S-L-E-R. Correct. Yep. Go four for four, Peyton. I don't think anyone's ever gone four for four. I think I did once. Or we, me and Jack did once. I you remember, did I once. Feel like I I, I'll say you did it. That works for me. Uh, Kyle Pothuff. Oh, Pothuff, yeah. Uh, he's a reliever. Uh, he's been here. He's He was a freshman a couple of years ago. Uh, Kyle Pothoff. K-Y-L-E-P-O-T-H-O-F-F. No, I'll give you one more try on the last name, though. Pothoff. Oh, no. I don't know if I know it now. Pothoff. And it wasn't P-O-T-H-O-F-F? You're missing one letter. Pothoff. Is there an E? No. I don't know. There's two T's. Oh, God. Yeah. You almost went four for four. That's That's good, though. You did that without Jack. Usually do the same without Jack. But um, into best beats this week. It's a big, this is a big parlay. Big parlay. Because we we got actual money on this this parlay. but let's start it off. New Mexico men's basketball minus two. That's my that's my beat. Peyton, what is yours? Uh, so I am going to take Longwood men's basketball, the two seed in the Big South. They have beat um, Campbell University by 20 or more in each of their games. They're six-point favorites today. I think they can get there. Uh, I'm going with Longwood. And then Jack actually w- wanted Longwood as well. He couldn't because you took him. We did games after 4 o'clock today so everyone can lock this in because you're going to win some money. Don't do it, though. Don't listen to us. We can't say for sure that you can't say for money. sure, but you could. You uh, might win money. This Jack, is what we're doing. But Jack's going big here. He's going East Carolina men's basketball plus 11. Yeah, Tulane's good this year. They're coached by Ron Hunter, who's a legend. Um but, yeah, I think that's a solid bet. It's a big number. Mm, very and big number. ECU is going to be playing for their lives. Um, Dirty Bird of the Week. I don't know if you guys – I don't know if you've seen this, Peyton. Some other people know. have seen it out there. But oh, wait, every, yes, I have. every college student loves this is when they bring the dogs on at a college basketball game and they run around, catch Frisbees. One of them was having maybe some stomach problems while he was out there. He decided to drop something else on the court. And didn't go over well. I just tweeted the video on KCOU, unwritten on Twitter, if you guys want to go see the video. Um, But he was, uh, you can see the owner running towards to get him, drops it on the court, drops a little bit more as he's walking off. But Very uh, fitting for how Louisville's season has gone. Yeah. Oof, dirty. Dirty, dirty dog. You see the bird, he's angry in the background. Uh, 
My Dirty Bird of the Week, Youngstown State Men's Basketball. The Penguins, Dirty Birds, because Antoine Davis of the Detroit Mercy, who played five years under his dad with the un, with an unbelievably high usage rate of 37.19%. That's right, I looked up my stats for this one. Did not get the record for most points in NCAA men's basketball history. He falls four points short of Pistol Pete Maravich, who didn't have the three-point line and did it in three years. Um, and Youngstown State, did you miss the assignment? You were supposed <laughs> to let him get it. After all, he's daddy's son. He got to shoot the ball whenever he wanted. He went seven for 26 yesterday. Uh, he averaged 28 a game, didn't get there yesterday. He had like, I believe he had 21. Uh, yeah, I don't feel bad about that. I really don't. I don't think that would have been, like, it would have been cool for him, but at the same time, it just would have felt a little hollow. In theory, they could get a crappy tournament to pick them up and, like, play them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that would count. Uh, hopefully yeah, that does. doesn't happen. Uh, Jack was pretty mad about the Youngstown State fans. God, I think they got in a fight with some players after the game. You I remember didn't seeing see that? I didn't that see any of the videos, but he was so. pretty heated about it. Um, Too bad, Jack. Yeah, too bad, Jack. Not here to defend yourself. Uh, Dirty bird of the week for Jack is the Kansas Jayhawks men's basketball team. They wore red against Texas Tech, whose primary color is red. Oh. The Texas Tech's, you know, the all-black uniforms do look a little nicer, but I understand your your hatred towards Kansas and your love for Texas Tech. the red Texas Raiders Tech basketball. Raid Raiders. Now they're no longer the Red Raiders, just Raiders. Because, really, not red no, Kansas oh, took the red. Uh, what did you learn this week, Peyton? Uh, what I learned this week, 20-second uh, strikeouts are possible, and I hate it. Uh, Tupacito Marcano uh, in a spring training game between the Pirates and the Yankees struck out to the Yankees lefty reliever, Wandy Peralta, in 20 total seconds. He never looked comfortable. His timing looked awful. Wandy Peralta was working uber fast. Mm-hmm. It was pretty yucky to look at. I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. I like those videos of Pedro Baez in the 2016 NLCS with the Dodgers you know, facing, yeah. is it Ross? Yes. Yeah, he's facing Ross of the Cubs, and it's just like he keeps stepping off, someone's stepping out, and I think it was Jose Altuve could have ran seven inside the park home runs in between that. There was a pitcher that pitched an entire inning before he had thrown yeah. a pitch. Um, but yeah, imagine having to watch that like in a playoff series if your favorite team was involved. Sticking in spring training... I got another one that's pretty good I learned this week. The Orioles and the Pirates uh, played a whole this nine innings cool. of spring training, but the, the both the managers agreed we want another half inning because the Orioles were trailing 7-4, to four, and it was over because the Pirates are the home team. And they both agreed, hey, let's, let's play another half inning. We want to get some of these guys some more reps. Umpires weren't having it. They left. They left the game. And my favorite part is whoever was playing, whoever was ca- the catcher for the Orioles, was uh, calling balls and strikes. Yep. And so he framed a pitch that he pulled off the corner and then went strike. And I was just like, this is incredible. Awesome. This is like awesome baseball. This is like when you play like fall ball and your your little league doesn't want to pay for umpires, so like your dad has to do it. And he sees just some frame and he's just like strike. It's like that that's what I was thinking of. And it's even funnier that the catcher is the one calling balls and strikes. Umps were being lame about this. They were like, no, game was over. We don't we, we were going home. You're paid anyways. Yeah. Just do it. 
It's another like, half inning. Teams do that all the time where they're like, we'd like to extend it. Or yeah. They like want to get work in for their prospects. If it's 4-4 to four in the ninth inning, you can play a 10th inning if you want to. The managers Nobody just have to agree. That, yeah. And yeah, and it just depends on what people want to do. Um, Jack's best thing he learned this week. I was actually there when he found out. I think it was last Friday or Saturday. Drew Timmy, uh, cult hero, star basketball player for, the, for Gonzaga, has a podcast and another year of eligibility. He's actually 35. <laughs> and he has one more year. Drew Timmy, please, just quit. Please leave college already. I've had it. <laughs> I've had enough. Uh, my dad uh, found out that shot. That was a shot at him for the balls and strikes because one time he rung me up in he a rung you up? in a fall league game because we didn't have uh, umpires and he rung me up. My mom was pretty mad at him and he said I was a great umpire. Uh, That's amazing. Ratios the week. Pretty I got easy. the LSU one. You got the Georgia one. All right, Georgia one. Peyton, you're actually the top tweet again. I'm on a. I'm on I'm like an empty. I'm on an empty browser, so we didn't put you at the top because we're following each other. So I'm on an empty browser as well, and I'm the top one on LSU. There you go. Uh, is it Demoy Hodge? Yep. All right. Uh, Two thousand comments, two hundred and one likes, and seven quote tweets, twenty retweets on the Georgia final score of sixty-three eighty-five. Final hashtag Go Dogs. But I was also at Wells Fargo. Get that advertisement in there <laughs> after you just blew that Disgusting. game. Disgusting. Disgusting, Georgia. Uh, final from the team. I guess that's what you get for hiring a retread as your head coach. Mm-hmm. Georgia doesn't intimidate anyone. Uh, LSU basketball tweeted final from the PMAC, and it's a photo of KJ Williams. Final LSU 76, Mizzou 81. There are 1,103 replies, 15 retweets, 34 quote tweets, and 318 likes. Pretty good. We did get one text before we go to break right here. It's from an Ozark number. I don't know who this is, but they said Peyton's a hater. I am. You are a hater. If we're talking about the Antoine Davis thing, I'm hating. I think it was. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but um, my dad's also going on a tirade right now about how he hates Kansas. So Your dad is real. Yeah. He's a real listener. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Quick Hits this week. Um, on the other side, we're going to have John Mallory from KTIK in Boise to talk some Boise men's basketball and then a little bit about Bush Hamden. We'll be right back. KCOU, the Unwritten Rule, here in Columbia, Missouri. Currently 3.30 local time here in the central time zone. Um, we're going to jump into an interview right here with John Mallory, Johnny Ballgame, co-host of KTIK 95.3 FM, The Ticket in Boise, Idaho. I uh, got a couple questions for him about their basketball team there. The Broncos got a good basketball team at the moment. Could be a Mizzou and, po- opponent. And an, could be a Mizzou opponent. Another question about an old friend, Bush Hamden. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Getting ready for my show starting in about 30 minutes. Figured I'd hop on with you guys, talk some sports, and help out any way I can. It's an honor to be on your program. Let's kick some butt today, boys. Of course. That's yeah. The most, that's the best endorsement we've ever had on this show. That's amazing. And he's not our first KTIK nope. member. We've got both the guys from the ticket on the show before. Had to get John on to talk some Boise State men's basketball. He's been covering the team a lot this season, like in recent years. But Boise State coming off a 66-60 win against number 18 San Diego State at home. 13 wins in the new year since January 1st. What's working so well for the Broncos, John? 
you know, it's just this culture, this program that Leon Rice has built. He's the longest tenured coach in the Mountain West. This is year 13 for him, guys. And and he just has what, you know, self-awareness. I'll give him a lot of credit for. And his team always improves as the season goes on. In the last couple of years, of course, they went to the tournament last year. I think they're darn near in the tournament this year, barring, you know, a a horrific loss in these next two games. But, yeah, he just has had this stable program. They play a nice system, um, and they've been an upper echelon Mountain West team now for a few years, and I think it all starts – with Leon Rice, gets kids who come in who fit his system, um, players that are, you know, really good players, maybe not power five caliber kids, but he gets the kids right below there. And I believe over time coaches them up to play at that level. And, you know, Boise's a football town, guys. It really is. Being mm-hmm. in sports radio, typically we're talking spring football today, right? Opening up with spring football recently with Leon and this basketball team, all of a sudden basketball is finding its way on our show way more in the past. So it's been a lot of fun and Leon Rice keeps this thing going. And we all expect Boise state to be playing in the NCAA tournament once again this year. Yeah. I just, uh, that win against San Diego state probably did solidify a tournament berth for them. Like you said, um, they've been projected as right around and even in a couple as an opponent for Mizzou. Um, what have what have you seen or like in in bracketology or even just have in mind as kind of an ideal opponent for Boise State? You know, it's it's one of those kind of catch 22s for Boise State. Do you want to play the big power five program that maybe doesn't have a great conference record? Or do you want to play the really, really good mid-major program that has like 30 wins and doesn't know how to lose? They might not have the budget as the big team, but you catch my drift like a St. Mary's or something out in the Mm -hmm. Bay Area playing in Gonzaga's conference. So it's kind of like you're not sure what you want. Last year they had Memphis and they got off the bus in Portland looking like an NBA team getting ready to play the Portland Trailblazers. And Boise State, it felt to me, they, 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 they were just not physical enough, just not athletically gifted enough to hang with Memphis the way they needed to to win. So this year, I'm not certain of what type of opponent they would be better to face. It's one of those others, though. It's the like I said, it's the it's the major program that kind of you know backed its way in versus that you know mid major program that's got a bunch of wins that's also you know a 10 or 11 seed. I expect Boise at best to be on the eight line and at worst to be playing in Dayton in the first four. Looking at this, looking at Saturday, the last game of the regular season against Utah State, two teams, even records, Boise State has one game advantage in conference, but, you know, Boise has a chance to really, you know, they could steal that top seed. It's kind of a tough path. I know Wyoming's not the team they were last year and they're playing San Diego State, who's the number one seed, but is there like any chance you think Boise State kind of comes out on top? Um, the best they can do is tie San Diego State for the league championship. They cannot get the number one seed for the conference tournament. They can do no better than two. The, they can do no better than two, though. Not sure how much that would matter. Um, but tying for a conference championship, Boise State won this league last year. For Boise State basketball, not football, to be the first team in several years to win back 
back-to-back Mountain West championships, that's really saying something about this program. Uh, and just assuming that you're in the NCAA tournament, uh, what do you think Boise's biggest strength is going to be once you get into the NCAA tournament? And what's something that kind of concerns you about them once you get to the tournament? You know, I'd say depth and size is concerning. They're not very big and they're not very deep. But what they do very, very well, as well as any team in the country, is manage the three-point line. Boise State has the biggest differential in the country. The last time I checked at three-point percentage versus opponent's three-point percentage, meaning Boise State shoots the three-pointer exceptionally well and their opponent's don't they're as good as any team in the country it's shutting you down from the three-point line we all know how big the three-point line is in college basketball right now and that's Boise State's best strength you talked for those just tuning in this is John Mallory host of KTIK 95.3 FM the ticket in Boise but you know talk about it we know Boise is a football you know, football school is a football town. Everyone knows about the football team, but is this basketball fan base, you know, really heating up? Is it bigger than in recent years? It's getting there, but it will always be a football town. That's just how it is here in Boise, Idaho. I'd like to say, hey, it's getting closer. Maybe it is, but still not anything to make a significant impact. It's all about the blue in Boise, Idaho. And just switching over to the football program, uh, yeah. Bush, Bush Hamden, uh, he was Missouri's QB coach this past season. Now he's Boise State's offensive coordinator. Uh, it recently came out, uh, he was interviewed for the Chiefs' uh, vacant QB coach job. Um, was there any fear up there uh, that you'd potentially lose him? And does it maybe add a little more confidence for Boise State fans to see him interviewing for jobs like that? Like, oh, maybe yeah. he, he's a pretty hot ticket uh, coach, you know, that was the that was the benefit of it. First off, Boise State, us media members, we didn't know this happened until after. You know, mm-hmm. we we didn't know that Bush interviewed in KC until after the fact. So there was no time period where we were looking around saying, "Uh oh, are they going to lose their offensive coordinator three weeks after hiring him? Uh, what's this going to do?" There was none of that. Nobody knew. But after the fact, you're thinking, whoa, dodged a major bullet there. Bush Hamden played here. He's a Chris Peterson disciple. He's all about Boise. And Boise State loves keeping it in the family. They love it. They love bringing back their guys who were players to become coaches. They get the blue-collar mentality. They'll say the brotherhood is the term they use. So Bush was a home run hire for this town, keeping it in the family in that regard. Now, Andy Reid is interested in this. The number one quarterbacking coaching job in the planet right now is the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. There's not a better quarterbacking coach gig on the planet. And Bush Hamden was brought in. Andy Reid had to have heard from some people in coaching. Maybe it was Dirk Cutter. They're great friends. Dirk Cutter has a relationship with Boise State and Bush. You know, I'm not sure where the the where the the came from. Bush was Matt Ryan's quarterback coach with the Falcons for one year. Maybe there's some ties there where he had some people call. And but uh, for Bush to even get that interview, I thought it said a lot about the talent level um, and the creativity that Bush Hamden has. I know he didn't have a lot of chances there in Columbia. Um, they didn't love him in Seattle when he was the offensive coordinator with the Washington Huskies. I'm close with that program. They ran his ass out of town. 
They hated Bush as a play caller. So there is that too, but no question to get that Andy Reid endorsement. Uh, I think that says something And Boise State fans. Uh, they're pretty happy to have Bush and see what direction they can go. And he might not be a jerk cutter, but maybe he can be close to that level. For sure. I mean, I remember when Hamden had the play calling duties for three games here. They were the three best offensive games of the season. Uh, they were good. Yeah, they were definitely yeah. the best the offense looked all year. But just moving on uh, from th- that, the opposite uh, of going from Mizzou to Boise State, um, a Boise State alum, uh, Kirby Moore, he's the he's running the offense here now in Columbia. Uh, what can you tell us about him? and what we can expect. I think you're going to love Kirby. Uh, I got a good relationship. Me and that dude are cool. Um, we met in Boise when he was playing here and I was in the media. We did a couple of events together and uh, Kellen as well. We've all, I've all I've kept in touch pretty well with the Moore brothers. I talked to Kirby when he came here with Fresno for the Mountain West championship game, a game that uh, Fresno won, uh, won, beat Boise State. Kirby Moore's like his brother. I mean, they grew up together, nothing but football. It's funny. Look up Kirby Moore's high school uh, statistics as a wide receiver when Kellen was his quarterback. It's hilarious. He had like 30 or 40 receiving touchdowns in one year. It's just hilarious. These nerdy little Moore brothers rewrote the Washington high school passing book. But all he does, all he is, is football. He's really smart. He's really creative. I thought that was a huge hire for Missouri and such a wonderful opportunity for Kirby to now get to do it on this level. You know, he learned from Chris Peterson. He learned from Caleb DeBoer. He learned from Jeff Tedford. He learned from his brother. He learned from his dad. Their dad, Tom Moore, is one of the most successful Washington State high school coaches in history. He let his dad let Kellen call his own plays in high school his senior year. And Kirby was like a junior one year behind him wide receiver and it's just a cool football only dynamic and Kirby gets it he's a great guy like he's just a good dude like Kirby Moore if I shot him a text right now he'd probably get back to me within a day or so maybe even within a minute he's just a good guy you know and he cares about football he's really excited to be in Columbia him and drink go back with their Boise State connections. If you remember, Eli Drinkwitz was the tight end coach here at Boise State when Kirby was, you know, ending his career as a player. They know of each other. Boise State guys love working with other Boise State guys. I think Eli, I know he wanted to keep Bush, and Bush took a he took a what five hundred thousand dollar pay decrease because he wanted to get back to the blue so badly. But to be able to get Kirby Moore as a replacement there for Bush. I'm really excited about it, but you know, now fan bases, they just kill the offensive coordinator. If they're, you know, if it's a bad play here, bad here, we have all these couch coordinators right now because they play Madden. They know how to call a game. <laughs> so it's hard. And mm-hmm. Kirby's going to, he knows it and he's going to be ready. And, and I get it. Coordinating an offense to play Georgia is not coordinating an offense to play New Mexico is a much better level of football, but also Kirby now works with much better level of athletes. So we'll see what happens, man. But those Moore brothers are football savants. And um, I think there's a good chance Kirby becomes a head coach before Helen. Think how crazy Mm -hmm. that would be. I think if Kirby rips it up 
uh, in Columbia these next two years, I think he's going to be very sought after for some head coaching positions too. I think you guys hit a home run there. I was looking up some of these Kirby Moore high school stats too, and even when Kellen graduated, you said he was a year behind him. So Kirby's senior year, he had 2,126 receiving yards and 34 touchdowns. He had almost 5,000 receiving yards. (laughs) in his high school career in Washington. They rewrote the record book. They played in a tiny little town in central Washington that sells apples, grows <laughs> apples, like a farming community. And it was a little high school, and they just shattered the record book. And it was a, it was a beautiful thing. And again, all they do is football. That's it. That was John Mallory, host of KTIK 95.3 FM, The Ticket in Boise. You can find him on Twitter at ballgame underscore KTIK. And he's about to go on air, so we got to get him out of here in a minute or so. But thanks a lot, John, for coming on and talking Boise State and Kirby Moore with us. Absolutely. Let me know if you want some help during the season when football kicks off with Kirby or something. So, uh, yeah. Most certainly. We'll try to get you back thanks in here. Me. Of course. Uh, Well, it's 345 here in Columbia, Missouri. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Back by popular demand, Blue Oyster Cole. We weren't on the show for a week. Yeah, one guy. We got one text said... Keep, keep Blue Oyster Colt. Jack didn't put on last week. Who told us to put it on? Is Zach. Zach Hernandez, listener. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, friend of the show. He's been on the show once Roommate or twice. Roommate of the show. Roommate of the show. But yeah, um, we're back. Uh, just had John Mallory on from KTIK 95.3 FM in Boise. Talked a little. fired up about Kirby Moore, go listen to that. Yeah, that'll be on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts in the next couple of days whenever Jack gets that up. Um, but yeah, it was good to hear from him. Boise men's basketball. Boise could be a team that Mizzou runs into in the tournament, maybe early on. Maybe um, round. Something about Bush Hamden in there as well, and like you said, Kirby Moore um, had some good quick hits earlier. Let's talk some more about some Mizzou men's basketball. Last oh, home game absolutely. for us. For us ever. We'll never be back in the student section. In the student section. Yeah, I'll probably be back. But I mean, yeah. It's been four years, man, and this is it tomorrow. It's our last the game. The last go. I mean, and we just stormed the court. Oh, we should. Yeah, against really Ole Miss. Should. When you really think back about it, um, just the highs and lows of the program since we've been here. I mean, that team, our sophomore year, two years ago, they were good. They faltered down the stretch, but they were good. They made the tournament, uh, and then just the absolute miserable team that was put together last year. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they could not get people, they could not pay people to get in that stadium. Uh, and now, I mean, tomorrow it's going to be a sellout. Student section will be packed. It's a whiteout. Uh, we have to actually fight for seating nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty we're never u- We're not used to that. Hmm? We're not used to that. We weren't, we were not. It was a, it was a, it was an adjustment, but, uh, I don't know. Very happy to see the turnaround. Feels like brighter days are ahead for the program. Of course, it's right when we leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, what a fun season this has been. Um, and tomorrow they get to play the worst team in the conference. Uh, I'd like to see Mizzou just go out there and just crush Ole Miss. This needs to be a game you need to 
have your metrics in mind. Like, let's make our metrics look good. Like, just kill Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, well, they get their new head coach because Kirby Win Case. Win case. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer, right? I think he should be a lawyer. If if your name's Win Case, you ought to be a lawyer. Uh, and uh, he's might you might not win this case on Saturday. Nope. How about that? It's a good one, huh? <laughs> you you dog, Kenny. Um, but no, I mean, he's had them playing a little bit more lifelike because they won a game for a change, and they hung tough with A and M for about fifteen minutes. Um, Definitely don't go in there thinking it's senior night. We're going to use senior night and fun first season magic to win. But Mizzou's the better team. I don't think there's any even semblance of doubt of that. Um, and you're playing for a potential buy in the SEC tournament. Like, it's not, it's go time. Um, you need to win tomorrow. Go out there, crush them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really not super worried about this game, which... Maybe it'll backfire, but... We weren't super worried about the last two games either, but this one's at home mm-hmm. against a very struggling Ole Miss team. New coach, though. Sometimes teams play a little bit better. I think they've won the last two games. No, they won. Won, won. Won, won. They were close. Right against yeah. um, but it's senior night, or senior day, because it's going to be the afternoon. Yeah. Um, let's look at some of these seniors. Trey Gomillion, DeAndre Golston, Demoy Hodge. Three Those guys. Can't come back. Bo- all three are grad students, out of eligibility. Some guys, you know, they're... Probably going to look for some professional opportunities. We could definitely see Trey Gomillion on a bench sometime soon, maybe even at Mizzou in a couple years. Nick Honor is a senior. Isaiah Mosley is a senior. That'll be awkward. <laughs> Kobe Brown, Ben Sternberg, and Noah Carter, and Sean East round out yep. the seniors. Doesn't mean that some of them aren't coming back. Doesn't mean some of, them, some of their college careers are over, but Mizzou is going to honor all those seniors. Yeah, and Dennis Gates said... He wants to honor all of them just to be safe, but he said he'll have conversations with the ones that can't come back after the year. I think Kobe goes pro. I think he can stick at the G League at worst. Mm-hmm. Um, Second rounder. Yeah, I think Sean East will come back. I think if you can get East and Honor back, I would if I'm Dennis Gates. They have gotten good point guard play out of those two. They, each one has had moments where they haven't looked very good, but largely, I mean... Think about what happened when Boogie Coleman was bringing the ball up for everybody. <laughs> I miss you almost beat Auburn when that happened, Peyton. Yeah, so you so, got you better think about that. Yeah, when they put up a 53-52 loss, that was the highlight of the year. Um, I mean, I would really – Sean East has grown on me so much. I think his vision is fantastic. He's a little too reckless sometimes. But overall, I think he's a fantastic passer. I think you live with some of the turnovers – um, just because he makes some unbelievable plays with how good of a pass passer he can be. Nick Honor's a safe point guard. He doesn't turn the ball over ever. You'd like to see him sometimes not just dribble around for 20 seconds, but I, I've been hit largely... Hit a pull-up three? Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's been a very reliable three-point shooter, and with Hodge being out of the equation next year for sure, I think you really could you really could stand to do a lot worse than Nick Honor. So I would like to see both of them back. Um, final score prediction. I do I do think Mizzou, maybe they struggle a little early, but I do think they pull away with this one. I think they breach the 80-point threshold. I'll go 82-63 okay. Mizzou wins. I think they win pretty handily. I'm going to shoot a couple points lower than you. I'll say 79-60. Okay, so okay. you think 19 points too? Yeah, yeah, I think 19 points, but I think it's a little bit less. Yeah. Um, I'm going to apologize 
to the person I called the Ozark number. It's actually Kara Brown. I was wondering host of if the it Gold was Standard. Kara because I was like, oh, isn't Kara from like Springfield? Yeah, I just I just said it was Ozarks because that's kind of in the Ozarks area. It is in the Ozarks. It, it, it gives you a lot of counties, so I just went with the Ozarks. Yeah. But she said that her Aaron Aaron, who's also a friend of the show, they hope yeah. that Jackson Francois gets big minutes, even though it's not his senior day. Um, I mean, maybe if they're up at the end. If they're up at the end, Sternberg will definitely play. Um, but I don't know. I would hopefully we're in that range. Yeah. If we get to see Jackson, he has no points this year. I think he's the only one without points. Uh, so I'd like to see him score. Any last thoughts? Um, it's been a pretty cool season for Mizzou basketball. Very happy we got to experience that before we graduated. Dennis Gates is the man. Gonna be emotional tomorrow. I might be pretty sad as we leave. Uh, sun will be out. Hmm? The sun will be out. Maybe. Yeah, but It'd be still. Nice. All right, well, it's gonna do it for us. Case you the unwritten rule. It's three fifty-five here, Columbia, Missouri. We might catch you next week. We might not. Depends on the SEC tournament. And Unt- even if it is, it will at best, or actually, it'll probably just be me. Yeah, at best, you'll get Peyton. Yeah. Until next time. Maybe March 17th. This has been Casey of the Unwritten Rule. 